and gentlemen. Oh, how are each and every one of you today on this beautiful December 5th year of our Lord, 2023. Folks, this is episode number 243 of Rise Up, and it is Christmas season, folks. We are 100% fully in Christmas season. Amen? It is so incredibly um, amazing that we've had so many uh, Rise Up episodes together, and, you know, so many people have changed their entire morning schedule to make sure that they get their dose of gospel from right here on Rise Up. So uh, I am incredibly grateful for that. Um, it's, you know, it's it's a little bit of validation in a sense that, you know, I did what I was, you know, called to do uh, for Rise Up. And it just, every day, it kind of, um, every day it kind of reinforces why I do this, right? I see all of you in here. I see the, uh, I see the, the, the numbers growing. Do you know that yesterday Rise Up had 14,000 views overall? 14,000 views. I mean, we're getting, we're getting Rise Up to the point where it's almost 20,000 views, folks, a day. That's 100,000 views a week. That's almost a half a million views a month just for Rise Up. God's on the move and God's message is on the move. Thank you guys all for uh, liking the background. We really appreciate it. Um, we're working on so much to get you know, caught up to everything that we have been procrastinating on since the big move into this new studio. And you know, today on, on Live from America, we'll be you know, saying all the names that are going to be getting uh, some rise up, I mean, some LFA slurp fund money for Christmas. And we're decorating. We go, we're going to get pick up Eli's new camera today uh, after the first after the uh, live from America, so that we can get this studio up and running to its full capacity. We found out yesterday that there's a Trump rally here in New Hampshire on the 16th, so we'll be covering that. We got new people coming to LFA in January. Surprise names and so much more. So you really want to know where we have to give all that glory to? God. Everybody loves the background, Eli. So festive. Producer Eli does a lot, ladies and gentlemen, to make sure that we have the looks and the imagery and the branding and the beautiful. I mean, just look at this. I mean, you know, Producer Eli is on his game and, uh, you know, we love so very much um, the people that we have associated with Rise Up. And not just the people behind the scenes, all of you people behind the screens. Behind the scenes and behind the screens, Together, we work as one, and uh, we've been able to accomplish some great things. Uh, over the last 243 episodes, I have to tell you, folks, um, we have a lot of people that have come to Christ. We've had a lot of people come to Christ over the last 243 episodes. A lot of people tell me that somebody just shared Rise Up with them through an email. So I think it was an email forward, and you know, an email newsletter, and they forwarded it to somebody else. They found Rise Up, and... Um, they've never left. And I've got other people who say that this show has brought them so much closer to God than any service they've ever been to. And, in, and, and, and I don't take any of that credit for sure. hundred percent though, it goes all to God because I rely on the, the, uh, Holy spirit to make sure that this show is done correctly and properly. Right. So, 
Uh, everybody says, Eli, we love you and appreciate you. Good job, Eli. We love you. Eli, you better watch out. You better not pout. A Christmas present is coming today. Um, so before we get started today, there's a lot of people in the chat that need help, that need prayers, that need God. And JDN, I couldn't help but notice the comment that you put in the beginning of the show where you are just desperately wanting a close relationship with Jesus and God and, and you feel that, that he's angry with you. And let me just tell you this, okay? Let me reinforce some, uh, let me reinforce some great and heavenly courage uh, in you and, and encourage you uh, that if you desperately want God and Jesus a part of your life, there's only one thing that you have to do. Actually, two things that you have to do. Ready for this? Ask and receive. That's it. No matter how mad or disappointed you think that God is in you, all he wants you to do is ask and receive. And if you want to be closer to him, just ask him, say, Dad, I desperately want to be closer to you. And do you know what, JDN? Today's show is why you're here. Because it's called Four Speeches to Avoid. Now, we've been talking a lot lately about the nine spirits of the fruit. And now we're going to talk about the four speeches that produce bad fruit and a withering branch or tree. So you may... um, Oh, JDN, no, you're not. No, Jeremy, he's not angry. I am. Okay. Well, nobody knows anger better than me. Nobody that I know. I lived it. I embraced it. It was my middle name until this year. Um, How do I say this? There is absolutely nothing that you can be angry at God about if you're mad at him. Now, if you're just mad in general, again, if you're with God, you wouldn't be because you would have your priorities straightened out and you'd have your focus on Jesus. But if you're mad at God, there's no way you could ever be mad at him. He's literally giving you the ability to even think about being mad. You know, he's giving you the ability to live, to breathe, to speak. Now, if you feel that he's taken stuff or something from you, God is not a taker of things. He's only a giver of things. So if something was taken from you, it was either done by evil or it was done by something that we did ourselves. Our own actions caused that to happen. But I can tell you that God is not a taker. He's only a giver. He never has taken anything from any of us. Matter of fact, the word us by default says that he's a giver because it means we're here and we're alive. And we've been given the opportunity. And I know what you feel like. I've been there. I cursed him. And today we're going to talk about that's one of the four speeches that you desperately want to avoid. Now, if you are feeling like you're going down this never-ending hole of anger and depression, maybe it's because you are adopting these four speeches or you're putting these four speeches that we're going to talk about into practice, into place, into your everyday dialogue, and that alone will cause you to be separate, angry, and alone, and depressed. So there are, um, there is a diagnosis for what and why you're feeling the way you are, 
and not a diagnosis as a psychologist or a psychiatrist would say, a, a biblical diagnosis. And the good thing about Rise Up is Rise Up is one of the most uh, honest and one of the most one of the best places for you to go to be biblically convicted and to be big, biblically diagnosed. Because I can promise you there's nothing that you're going through that Jesus didn't go through. And I can promise you that a lot of the things that you're going through internally, I've gone through or am going through too. So this is a journey with Jesus for all of us. Stay tuned. I know that there's people that have lost in the chat. I know that there's people with excruciating migraines and headaches that are in the chat. And we pray for healing and restoration and joy and peace to permeate through the airwaves, through this microphone, through the camera, all the way to you guys at home, because the Holy Spirit is here. The Bible tells us where there are two or more gathered in the name of God, then God dwells there as well. And that is what we're all about. This is the show for you. Thank you for joining in today. Again, four speeches to avoid. Let's talk about it today. There are four speeches that you want to avoid from God that do not represent him well. And we spoke about the fruits of the spirit. Now let's today, let's discuss how that fruit is withered and destroyed because of the four speeches that people will not get rid of. Please remove your hats if you are wearing one and let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask him to help us discern between what is wrong and right and help us self-diagnose ourselves in the uh, through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Father in heaven, in the name of your only begotten Son, Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, Lord, we thank you so very much for being a giver and not a taker. We thank you so very much for giving us literally everything that we know, thoughts, taste, breath, smells, sight, hearing, and even existence. Thank you, Lord, for that. What an amazing gift. But there's even a more, even more of an amazing gift on top of that, and that is the gift of salvation, which you give freely. And all we need to do is ask and receive. Lord, today, please help us understand these four speeches that we need to get out of our lives. And it is proven that when you remove these four speeches from your lives, then the nine spirits of the fruit are allowed to flourish, they are connected. Please help us discern between the two and be here with us today on this beautiful Godcast called Rise Up. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm Sullivan says, I agree, Jeremy. I've learned so much from Rise Up. So have I. I mean, like I said, it's my personal journey with Jesus. So I've learned as much as you guys have learned. You know what I mean? Um, Pam says, when I was a teenager, I was mad at God. But then I prayed and asked God to forgive me and I had to forgive others. And when I truly forgave is when I was set free. Amazing. Amazing. Release yourself from, your, from the bondage of your own thoughts uh, that is literally bogged down by evil. Uh, because evil is lurking around every single corner. Waiting to devour you like a hungry lion. The Bible says it many times. Many times. All right. What I would like to do, folks, is I would like to start the day out by reading one minute prayer for dads. And then after we read from one minute prayer for dads, we are going to get into the verses of the day. There's multiple verses which talk about four speeches that you want to avoid and why. Okay. If you have one minute prayer for dads, I want you to please open up to page 47. 
And on page 47, we're going to be talking about building trust. And we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians in order to get this message. Now, this message is directly tied to speeches that come out of our mouth and how we carry ourselves and what we say and what we do, correct? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. It is required of stewards that they be found faithful. Now, to be found faithful, you have to walk, talk, and act like it, all right? That's about the best way I can say it. Walk, talk, and act like it. I want to thank you all for loving the background today. It definitely gives a Christmas home, in, you know, a, a cabin home, winter environment, a very peaceful setting. Producer Eli is amazing with coming up with the uh, imagery. And, uh, you know, for Christmas, we might change it here and there, but it's always going to be festive. What is a dad but a steward over the children that God has entrusted to him? Though we dads influence how our kids turn out, so does parenting affect how we turn out as men. Are we good stewards? Do we tend to our kids with the carefulness that is required? Are we effective leaders? Are we good role models? Are we not those parents that say, do as I say, not as I do, when we all know the kids are going to do as you do, not as you say? These are the things that we learn on our dad journeys. God, you have made me a steward over my children. What a privilege. Thank you. Thank you for these treasures that are entrusted to me. You know I'd lay down my life for these kids. And yet that's not what you have really called me to do. You've called me to live for my children. To be a good steward of the greatest treasure of all. Help me to remember every day that these kids are only lent to me to care for. In reality, they belong to you. And I will be a good steward. Lord. Pretty incredible stuff. Pretty incredible stuff. That's why I like a mixture of devotional and verses. But I like when we read from devotionals or testimonials to point back to the verse in which that they took that uh, their, you know, their words or their perception of that verse out of it and applied it to their lives or or the world around them. I do very much like it when it connects it to the verse, because one of the four speeches that you want to avoid today is going to be talking about connecting things to Bible verses. All right? Take a drink of my Rise Up Coffee. By the way, we have more Rise Up Coffee on the way. Um, We are going to make sure that we look at inventory today and make sure that we have coffee left. Somebody said they could not order pecan. I'm pretty sure that we have some left. If we don't, some is on the way. But uh, let's enjoy some of this Rise Up Coffee in this Amanda Collins cup, I might add. And I know that there's some youngins out there. Little David is not feeling well. We pray for little David. We pray for Kalia. We pray for Cammie. We pray for their family. We pray for everybody out there who's dealing with sicknesses. Um, I, got, I had a friend here in, in my town reach out to me last night and said, hey, my, the, uh, the, the girl that I'm seeing, she's got COVID, and I know that you've got one of these kits that you talk about having a COVID kit. Where can I go? And I sent him the link, and that is why we have the sponsors 
that we have. And speaking of sponsors, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to check out Trumpet Daily at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because the partnership that we have with those guys actually brings money into LFA and that money goes directly to the Christian school. And that Christian school, by the way, is already, now that they've got their new building, they're already uh, adding to their enrollment. It is that amazing. God is on the move. Hallelujah, right? Let's get to the four speeches that you want to avoid. Please open up your Bibles to Proverbs 16, 28, okay? Proverbs 16, 28. Now, if you want to read word for word what I'm reading, I, I read generally out of the New King James Version. Generally. Now, let's go to Proverbs 16, 28. And this says, all about gossip. Now, you know that every single day on Rise Up, I put in the description, help me share the gospel, not gossip. Well, the reason for that is because gossip is really, really, really bad. So we're going to talk about gossip in Proverbs 16, 28. Rachel Hawk, yeah, it's a COVID kid on TWC.health uh, slash LFA. TWC.health slash LFA. You can get a COVID kit that's got a nebulizer, arbuterol. You can get prescribed hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. So great sponsor of the show. All right. A perverse man sows strife. And a whisper separates the best of friends. Now, what that is referring to is gossip, folks. Now, gossip, the reason why it's bad is because gossip literally is harmful to the reputation of other people. Gossip is all about other people. Jubhoff says gossip is like cancer. It spreads like wildfire. Thank you, Internet. That's how they were able to interfere in the election against Trump as well. Thank you, Mason. God bless. Love, I love the fact that you guys love the background. I really appreciate that. Gossip destroys other people. You are literally, literally going out there, out of your way to destroy somebody else. That is the definition of gossip. It is harmful to others and leads to division and strife. Now, you know that I'm going to bring up what I'm going to bring up. And that's division and strife that happens right here in our chat on LFA TV. You'll hear a lot of people out there. You'll see hate pages about LFA. And all of it is because they feel like they were censored or silenced, which is not free speech. But your free speech does not get to divide and cause strife in people, especially who are trying to seek God. You can have free speech somewhere else. You, would ha- you can have free speech anywhere you want, but it's not going to be here if you're using that free speech to gossip. You know, like the gossip that was spread around this channel about things that nobody knew about and things that they did know about. They might have known about 25% of that. And I'm not just talking about recent things. I'm talking about all the way back to the beginning all the way back to the backyard days. 
So if you can no longer speak in the chat, it's because you gossip. And 99.9999% as God is my witness is completely fake and completely wrong. And you have no idea what you're talking about. But your gossip and your desire to try to tear someone down and be no crowned Sherlock Holmes of the year is going to get you to be removed from my life. Period. I don't allow it in my personal life. I don't allow it in my professional life. I don't allow it in my children's life. If I hear them come home and say, did you hear what happened at school today? I say, stop. How much of what you're about to tell me do you know is true? There are boundaries. Exactly, God chick. There are clear boundaries in my life as a practicing Christian. Do you notice that nobody says that they are a perfect Christian. It doesn't exist. We are all either practicing or not. Gossip. Get it out of your lives. It is one of the four speeches that you need to remove yourself from. Three Little Birds says you can point to the gossip and show everybody instead of removing it so it can't continue to hide. There's there's no hiding about it. The reason why they were removed was because of the constant. There was no way to miss it. There's no, there's no need to point it out. The reason why it's, it's, it's un, or muted and removed is because it was causing people to say, get this out of here, this is ridiculous. Now, I know if you don't watch every single day, you probably didn't see that, and I apologize. This is called the separating the wheat from the chaff. And that is in no way, shape, or form talking about the individual person being above or better than anybody else. Separating the wheat from the chaff, speaking biblically or spiritually, means if you are not walking with Jesus and you are going to constantly, you don't have to be a believer to watch LFA or to be on LFA. There's hosts that aren't believers. But you're not going to cause gossip, division, and strife around me. So that's something that I used to engage in And when I engaged in it, it tore down my life. Thank you, Jennifer. So, gossip. Don't do it. Don't allow it. Don't allow your friends and family to do it. And if the two words I heard were out of the dictionary, nobody would have anything to talk about. That's an old saying that my grandparents used to say. If the words I heard was out of the dictionary, there'd be nothing for people to talk about. JDN says, think about being accountable for all idle words you speak, because we all will be. And that is the next speech, idle speech. And where are we going to go for idle speech, ladies and gentlemen? Matthew 12, 36. So please open up your Bibles to Matthew 12, 36, which says this. But I say to you, That for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account, a give account of it in the day of judgment. So what is idle speak? What does it do? Well, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be careful about what you say. And I know a lot of people say to me, be careful, Jeremy, because you're going to speak these things into existence. That's not what I'm talking about when I say 
idle speech, okay? Idle speech is something like, <sighs> words are really powerful, right? So you get in a fight with your, your spouse and you say things you don't mean. Saying things that you definitely tear somebody down, hurt somebody, ruin somebody. Now this is kind of connected to gossip, but in a much more aggressive way, in a more one-on-one um, scenario. Idle speech, speaking to somebody that is negative and that is causing division and strife, causing confusion. You've got to be careful what you say because your words have a massive impact and your tongue is evil. And God tells us we have to tame our tongue and our head. As a matter of fact, right before the show today, I was talking to Eli about how easy it is, especially for two guys like me and Eli, we're sitting here working. It is very easy in the world of media and in the world of news and the world of social media to get caught up into idle speech or not godly uh, speech. It's very easy. It happens to me so many times during the day, and I got to say, what? see, the difference between now and back in the day is I would just say it and keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it, keep saying it. Now, if I do idle speech, I go... Oh, I didn't mean to say that. I'm, oh, I feel so terrible. Like It can happen for like 10, 15 minutes straight before you realize it and go, wow. Wow. See, Katia said, see that negative speech bothered me every day in the chat, especially when I was coming here for the news or for the gospel. Jupphoff says, this is something that I need to work on. Now, gossip, I don't usually engage in gossip much not saying that I don't ever but gossip isn't really that big of a problem for me but it's kind of like a um a very fine line because I do the news and we talk about stuff that we assume about other people so it's like that's not gossip that's reporting on news and giving an opinion gossip is something different gossip is well I heard that Josie said that John did this and that Gary said that this happened can you believe that Oh, can you believe they said that they were a lesbian or they were bisexual and blah, 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 blah. That's gossip. That's gossip. W. Wilson says, not having any issues on my PC. I know some people are having a hard time watching the show. I don't know why. Out of our hands, we're working at 100% capacity here. Okay? Uh, We have 1,400 people watching. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here. Joining in in this nice little cabin, cozy Christmas environment with our nice warm coffee. Uh, Dane says, I love this show. I learn something every day. Humbird says, my mom would tell me that if I didn't have something nice to say about someone, then keep my mouth shut. That's a better way of saying it. CQ says, I need to work on spewing negative words when I'm upset. That's the big one, right? Idle speech is a problem for me, says Kittenhead. When I speak, I speak too fast and cause confusion. Amen. Your ID department rocks. Well, our ID department is is all of us that you see every day, our hosts, our, our, our producers. We do what we can. Is it really snowing in New Hampshire? We do have snow in New Hampshire. It is not currently snowing right now. This is a beautiful background that Eli. Eli is really good, right? And we don't do green screen and stuff like that. Eli is really Really good at finding this and, 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 and creating stuff, you know? That's why he works here, folks. That's why you guys help him uh, with, uh, with rumble rants to keep him employed. You guys don't rumble rant. We have to get rid of him. 
Sherry says, LFA has become a big part of my life. Eli is awesome, says Bad Moon. See that, Eli? TWC Health is the wellness center. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, hey, Mason. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mason. Happy birthday to you. And if I was Michael Scott, Eli, I'd say, Happy birthday, dear Mason. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, Mason. Okay. We're going to move to the third speech that you want to remove yourself from. We've talked about gossip. And we've talked about idle speech. And now let's talk about false teaching. Having a show where I teach things from the Bible, but I didn't go to seminary. There are people in the chat far, ver- far more well-versed in the Bible than even I am, which I am in it constantly. I'm not in it as much as I should be, I admit. But I am in it every single day. This one scares me. Good morning, Chris Green. Shout out, Chris Green. Thank you for the email yesterday. Big shout out to Julie Green. Everybody should follow Julie Green Ministries on Rumble right now. Now, Dimples just gave you 20 bucks for lunch, Eli. Where are you eating? Where are we eating? We're going to Leb? Going to get your new camera? What are we, we going to eat? Wendy's? Please say Wendy's. I'm a fat kid. You know I love Wendy's. We're going to eat at Wendy's. um false teaching this one scares me well it doesn't scare me i shouldn't say it scares me because i do rely on the holy spirit literally every second of this show um so it doesn't really scare me uh thank you eli for putting the uh julie green's link in there to her page but it it keeps me on my toes we'll say that because the last thing that i want to do is false teach, but I don't think people really understand what false teaching is. There's false teaching that you think some way and you really, with all good intentions, are saying, hey, I read this. This is, you know, fact. This is out of the Bible. This is what it means. This is amazing. I can't believe I read this. You should go check it out. And you lead somebody and you were wrong because you didn't know. You didn't, you just, you, you misread it. You saw it on social media and you didn't back it up in the Bible, guilty of that before. That's one way to be a false teacher, but that's not intentionally misleading. I think what we're really talking about here in 2 Timothy 3, 4, if you want to open up your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, 4, I think what we're really talking about here is intentionally leading people away from the word because of pride, not, not because you don't believe in the word. Maybe you add to it or take away from it because you perceive it a different way and you are intentionally changing the word of God and it deceives people. I think that people need to know the difference between the two. However, the person who doesn't do it intentionally is still spreading false doctrine. So what, what must you do? What must you do? False teachers and doctrine lead people away from the truth. So be very careful what you listen to and what you believe. But here's the key right here. You ready for the key? Here's the key. Test everything that you learn 
up against the Bible. If somebody gives you a verse and says a, uh, gives a testimony, if somebody gives a verse and a devotional, if somebody says, this is what the Bible says, and they're preaching, or you're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and you see something where somebody reads a verse and says, this is what that means, you have free will. You have more resources to study the word of God now than any other, any other generation in history. There is no excuse. Okay. There is no excuse. You have to test and you have to go and validate and verify, vet whatever you learn in the Bible. That is what I have been doing for quite a while now. If somebody tells me something, if somebody teaches me something, or if I see something on social media and I go, wow, that is amazing. I do go to the Bible And I do read that verse, and not just the verse. If you notice, a lot of the times, I'll give you the verse of the day, but we won't just read that verse. We'll read the few verses before it, maybe the few verses after it, maybe the whole chapter. And the reason why is because if you cherry pick, you could say anything about that one verse. That's the incredible life of the Bible. The Bible is such a breathing, breathing, living, powerful document that it's never just set in stone as, This is, you know, for this time period, for these people, it is, it spans across time, right? The Bible knows no time because God lives outside of time, right? The devil didn't do something in the past to God. The devil didn't rebel from God and have a war in heaven and lead a rebellion against God in the past. He just does. He just is he just it you can't even say did because there is no past in God's realm it just is and that's why he says I am I am the beginning I am the now the present I am the in I am the end I am alpha I am omega there is no time pretty amazing The Bible is relevant forever, always, for all people, for all times. God Chick says, when I first started watching you for the news, I vetted you. You passed the test in flying colors. Thank you, Mima. She says, beautiful background. We have now 1,500 people watching. If uh, you guys could do me a favor and give that thumbs up, that is Huge for us. It helps us move us up the leaderboard and keeps us in the top 20 of Rumble Worldwide. And also, please, um, <laughs> hold on. Take this link and share it. Hold on. We got somebody rude in here. Those cockroaches are taking over, you filthy maggots. Jeremy, you fake ASS Christian. Wow. So soy, CH1VA, most likely this is somebody that has been uh, upset with LFA TV because they weren't allowed to cause gossip and division and they've been here before and this is a new account. Uh, whether it is or whether it isn't, keep them here for a minute. Don't, don't, uh, don't get rid of them yet. It's time, to, uh, it's time to bring the word of God to you. Um, it doesn't hurt my feelings when you say that I'm a fake Christian and the reason why is because <laughs> I lived so long in your very sad, depressed, lonely, 
non-relevant losing world, uh, that that to me is just nothing anymore. That doesn't, like, you're not going to pull anybody off their square. You're not going to stop people from watching. You're actually going to make people donate more. So when you say you fake Christian out for money, uh, you're actually going to cause people to donate more by your actions and the things that you really say. So what you're really doing here is looking for God. That's why you're here. You're here because people like us prayed for people like you. And I don't want to be rude to you. I really don't. You're probably a really awesome person in real life. But behind the keyboard, you're probably a really, you know, mean, um, uninformed, rude person. And you probably would not act the way you do on here in real life. And I guarantee you would not say to me in real life what you said to me here, which means that you are here because we brought you here through prayer. And maybe, just maybe, 90% of the stuff that I say right now you don't agree with, right? God is always for me. You started being rude to my people. There you go. And there you go. So, yes, it is a disgraced former LFA family member who... Very, very upset for something that I did. Very rude. Um, if I was rude to you, I do apologize. If I was rude to people that were are friends of yours, I did it for a reason. And I don't know what your people means, but I mean, your, if you mean your friends or something, maybe you mean part of your religion. But I don't ever, 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 ever get up and go be rude to people. It's just not my thing. As a matter of fact, I'm the most laughing and positive person you've ever met. From the minute I wake up to the minute I go to bed. I will not allow people to be rude. I'm talking about the border, Jeremy. What about the border? What about the border? About how we are saying close it and about how we're calling them cockroaches and rats. We're talking about the illegals that are coming here on purpose to literally terrorize our nation to bring drugs and human trafficking. You wouldn't call them cockroaches and rats? You think that I'm calling people from other states Um, countries cockroaches and rats just because they're from other countries so you must think that when donald trump said that they're rape they're not sending us their best they're raping people and doing that you must think he taught he meant everybody right everybody from mexico right i bet that's what you think well i pray for you and i'm not going to delete you and i'm not going to mute you because i do honestly really if nobody was here i would tell you the same thing i do love you if you're a fellow Christian and a fellow American, I'm right here with you. We got to get, get over these differences if we're fighting for the same thing. We've got it. We can't allow this to happen. All right. And the fourth and final. Blasphemy. Blasphemy. Now, you don't even have to cause division and strife in a, my ch- in, in a chat on LFA to get uh, muted for blasphemy. If you literally are continuing to blaspheme the name of God purposely, you'll be gone from that as well. It's not going to happen around me. It's not going to happen on this channel. So if I was a fake Christian, why would I do that? Wouldn't I just be like, whatever, that's not really a thing. Let's go to Matthew 12, 31, folks. Just five, uh, five verses back. Blasphemy, serious sin. Satan knows all about it right? Blasphemy. Any speak, any act of speaking that brings disrespect or dishonor 
to the name or the existence of God, the Son, or the Holy Spirit. Blasphemy. A serious sin, ladies and gentlemen, that causes so much death, destruction, suicide, loneliness, depression, hatred, anger, division, gossip, blasphemy. If you are a blasphemous person, If you are a blasphemous person, I guarantee you, you are one of those people that constantly have something bad happen to your life. And you go, why is it always? Why is it always happening to me? Why can't I get my life straightened out? It's probably because you're a blasphemous person. Somebody said, now blasphemy should be first. I saved it for last because it's the most serious. It is the most serious out of all of them. Pride and blasphemy is the definition of the word Satan. And we need to get away from that as far as we possibly can. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are 50 minutes past the hour. So, on this 50 minutes past the hour, I'd like to play a little video. Not all of it because it's a half an hour long. But a little bit of a video from Cliff Netchel. I really love Cliff Netchel, Ray Comfort, Frank Turek, Ken Ham. These are my God guys. These are my guys that I go to for a lot. Um, a lot of inspiration, just a lot of learning. And this is Cliff Netchel. Give me an answer. Is there really a problem with evil? Is there really a problem with evil? I've not seen this. Roll it. Especially in light of the fact that there are no social services. This is a nomadic people. And there's real poverty. So what you have in Leviticus is you've got God not setting them perfect. But he's pulling them out of a lot of grotesque habits. And that's why he deals with slavery in Exodus and Leviticus the way he does. He doesn't come up and say, everybody who's a slave is now free. Instead, he says, if you kidnap somebody, and if you're caught with them still in your possession, or if you sell them, you're to be executed. See, that's Exodus chapter 21, verse 16. And that just really honks me off when some anthro professor starts dumping on the Old Testament because of slavery. He doesn't have the faintest idea what he's talking about. What's happening there is God is calling a people who abused each other with slavery. He's beginning to limit what they can do. And he's beginning to drag them right out of slavery. Oh, come on, the Apostle Paul, he talked about slavery. Yeah, and who do you think wrote the letter of Philemon? Who do you think wrote, hey, Philemon, I was in a prison cell with a buddy of yours. Well, not exactly a buddy. He was your former slave. He's a runaway slave, Philemon. But he came to faith in Christ, and I'm sending him back to you no longer as a slave, but as a brother in Christ. Well, come on, Paul, in Colossians and Ephesians, why didn't you just come out and say slavery's wrong? Well, I'll tell you why, because over 50% of the Roman Empire was slaves. Doctors were slaves, business people were slaves. You was like an indentured servant. Now, were there some abuses of slavery in the Roman Empire? Yes, there were. But I can promise you, slavery in the Roman Empire 
was totally different from slavery in the United States. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I was speaking at Cornell University up in Ithaca, New York, and this issue came up of Leviticus and slavery. All of a sudden, an African-American woman stepped out of the crowd, a brilliant woman. And she looks, she looks into the faces of these white guys who were just dumping on me over the slavery issue, and she said, you guys haven't studied much. This American chattel slavery is never given any credence in the Bible. But what the Apostle Paul had to work through was, in light of the fact that slavery in the Roman Empire was more an indentured servanthood, what was God calling Christians to do? Not to be Spartacus, not to lead a slave revolt against the Roman Empire, but to work on the human heart so that slavery obviously could never occur, because I would never treat a person that way because I've allowed Christ to live within me to change my heart. So I think that's obviously the strategy of the Apostle Paul. Not, all right, we're a bunch of Spartacuses, let's go out and kill all the slave holders in the Roman Empire. But no, we're gonna change the human heart by the grace of God, by the Holy Spirit, and then we're gonna encourage people to realize, slavery, are you kidding me? He's my brother, she's my sister. Slave, that's absurd. I'd like to know what your position, like, specifically on, like, uh, the problem of evil is. Like, not, well, okay, but not the problem of evil, but the, the problem of suffering. Yes. Like, uh, how do we, how do we chalk that up? I've always, personally, what made me convert out of Christianity and I, uh, I was orphaned pretty early. Uh, Sorry. Light. But, like, it is. Uh, but it hurts. But, like, uh... I couldn't find a way to to jive the existence of a like infinitely loving, right. infinitely knowing, yep. and omnipresent creator yep. with um, the existence of well, what what specifically what got me was reading in Leviticus right. the, the the portion about like thou I, I don't know I don't think it's one of the thou it's not introduced as thou shalt right. I don't remember but it's yep. something like thou shalt like uh, defend the widow and the orphan. It made me think, well, why does God create the conditions for widows and orphans to exist in the first place? Um, where's this infinite love? If free will leads to a suffering, why is this infinitely loving God creating the suffering? I was wondering what you thought of this. Why am I convinced that you should move your faith from Buddha and Buddhism to Jesus Christ? Because of the problem of suffering. What is this typical statue of Buddha? What's he doing? Yeah, cross legs, cross the arms, a little smile on his face, right? All right, what's the ultimate symbol of Jesus Christ? What are some of you wearing around your necks? A cross. Hmm. Do you think, confronted by the problem of suffering, that it would be more wise to trust a guy who's dying an excruciatingly painful death on a cross than it would be to trust a guy who's sitting cross-legged with a little smile on his face. <laughs> he was, like, ridiculously emaciated, came very close to yes. death, um, yes. experienced great suffering. Yes. Like, I feel like that's a bit of, like, jumping away from the problem of, um, what we're talking about is, like, why does suffering exist? What is the nature of suffering? Yeah. In Buddhism, we believe... 
And we're going to leave it right there. And we may pick it back up there a little bit tomorrow because they're getting into a lot of kids, a lot of youngins, a lot of non-believers. Pretty much everybody that does not believe in Christ will ask that same question. Why does God allow suffering? And the very fact that he allows suffering is the very thing that brings us salvation. You can't, there is no free. Now there's free because Jesus did something and Jesus suffered, but you as a Christian will also suffer like Jesus suffered physically, not spiritually. There has to be a balance. You have to give to get. You can't just get with no give. Jesus gave the ultimate price for you, so you didn't have to give, but you still have to receive, and you will still be persecuted like Jesus. There is no perfect bliss until you get to heaven. Once you're there, you're solid, ladies and gentlemen. You're solid. You don't got to worry about any of this. Suffering is not caused by God and isn't allowed to happen for his amusement. Suffering is caused by sin, which Lucifer and the devil introduced to this world with their temptation, with his temptation to Adam and Eve. And that is why the world is dying. That is why we get cancer. That's why we don't live to be 900 years old. That is why we have to suffer. It's because of Satan. And if you don't believe in God, then it's very difficult for you to understand that. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you out with the same way we brought you in with some beautiful silent night. Now, remember, Mike Crispy is coming up in about three minutes, so you're not going to want to miss Mike Crispy Unafraid, followed by two hours of Live from America with this beautiful, beautiful uh, snowy Christmas setting that we're in for the show. And I just want to say thank you for being here. I want to say God bless you. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for the people that are upset with us. Because you know what? This is where you're going to find happiness, joy, peace, and hopefully, in the end, salvation. God bless you guys. I'll be praying for each and every one of you. You'll be praying for me. And I'll see you in a little bit. Have a great morning. Yeah.